the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. On Lundy, you have commanders on your list of nicknames for the former team uh, known as the Fighting Footballs. Uh, yeah, I had it on my list. I had it on my list that was at the top of the page said sucks. Um, <laughs> I just I, I, I don't like I, I don't know. I, I sat back. I saw somebody else say this on Twitter this morning, Brad. I'm like, it, it took you 18 months to come up with that crap. I mean, I, come on. I understand where they're trying to come, you know, directionally wise. You know, it's a, it's an ode to the military and D.C. and all that. It makes sense. I mean, admirable uh, admirals would have been uh, far more admirable if they would have gone that route. Um, you know, they could have come up with something more creative. Uh, Warriors, I think, was one of the names that was bandied about earlier on, and they veered away from that. I still like the idea of, like, Red Wolves. Um, I, I think there was another one that was tied to aviation that had red in it as well. Like, those were cool nicknames. Right, but Commanders is just so boring, so blah. There's nothing uh, exciting at all. Although I thought the jerseys, uh, the black version of the jerseys, were pretty damn cool. But outside of that, uh, Washington being Washington, just fumbling all over the place. Well, and it, look, a lot of people have already been making fun of it. The fact that you can shorten it to commies, commies. and that's I mean, what they do com- in the market, right? With the Capitals, yes. the Cabs, the Nats, or the Nationals, it, it, they're gonna be called the commies. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just what's going to happen. So, uh, you know, hey, uh, call it call it whatever you want. Um, you know, as I like to say, Brad, I don't have enough zeros in my bank account to be the one making the decision. <laughs> so, you know, if if that's what they want to go with, uh, go for it. Uh, you you call your team whatever you darn well please. And speaking of zeros, have you and I started to go fund me to buy the Broncos yet? Uh, yeah, look, I got a, a couple of shekels, a couple of pesos in the pocket I can throw at it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just uh, hit up my buddy old uh, number 18, Peyton Manning, and see if he <laughs> can you know, float me alone. Yeah, anybody that wants to know why Peyton and Eli are in every commercial right now, that's why. Exactly. They're trying, they're trying to pool together the money to be a part of the ownership group. And by the way, I'm not being facetious when I say that. Uh, they're they're doing a lot of this. They want to be a part of an ownership group, and they're basically stockpiling money right now. That's what the Manning family's doing, and I don't blame them. I think it's pretty smart. Yeah, how many chips do I need to eat to get to our goal? <laughs> how many how many Mick Ultras that I got to drown myself in? Okay, I'm in. Yeah, that's basically what Peyton Manning and Eli Manning both are doing right now, uh, despite all the bad singing and some of the commercials uh, that they are conducting. Uh, you know, look, the NFL's got bigger problems. Uh, we could say that beyond just nicknames for the fighting footballs, uh, now the commanders. Uh, but we do have Super Bowl 56 on the horizon. We're featuring a super special prop of the day every day leading up uh, to kickoff of that uh, spectacular contest between the Bengals and the Rams. Uh, today, I'll pull this one. From DraftKings, first offensive play of the game, Lundy. Run is at minus 145 and pass at plus 115. Are you getting seduced by the juice? Oh, heck yeah, I am, man. I like that. Plus odds for it to be a passing play uh, when you've got Stafford and Burrow. Uh, yeah, I, I I would absolutely take the the plus odds on that. I'm not gonna you know bet the farm on on it because uh, you know we could probably there's probably a reason historically that that run is juiced as heavily as it is. So teams come know. out tight, high nerves. What better way to alleviate than just a simple handoff to your running back? Yeah, but if you're Sean McVay, you know that you know Cam Akers has fumbled, so maybe you don't want to run. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you true. don't want to run it if we're being honest here. But uh, I'm probably gonna lean towards. Pass 
pass. I could just see it being something simple, you know, trying to get, you know, a little quick dump off to the tight end or something out to the out to the flat, you know, try to get try to get interesting. You know, more than likely it'd be a run, but hey, what the heck? I'll give some I'll give some love to the plus odds. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, it's whether it's with Cincinnati or it's with the LA Rams. It is going to be one of those sideways passes that you think might be a forward pass but is ultimately ruled as a run to either Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase. That's that's what will happen. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to be like, I won! I won! And they're going to go to the uh, official box score and be like, wait, that was ruled a a, a run and not a pass? Say what? Yeah, (laughs) you watch. Uh, watch. It'll happen. It'll it'll happen. But, uh, you know, because those things things happen every now and then. You're just like, oh, crap. How the hell did that happen? Or it could just be a snap over your quarterback's head. Yes, we've seen that, that happen as well. That uh, thanks, Brad. I appreciate that yeah. lovely memory yeah. that you just put into my head as that happened. I was literally sitting in the in that end zone when it happened right in front of me, and I thought, "Well, this game's over." Yeah, you can't suppress uh, those horrible memories, can you? With that, let's get to it here on this Humday Edition with another fade five. Number five. All right, Lundy, uh, it's time to drop the puck and make some bucks in the NHL. Uh, it is a hockey hump day after all. So what do you got for me? Well, my uh, my picks are, are still relatively cold. And I got to give a shout out to uh, Dubs, to uh, Mr. Ward on Twitter, who hit me up this morning. Brad, he had a nine-leg parlay last night. And the only thing he missed was the avalanche losing to the piece of crap Coyotes uh, on the money line, which our friends at PicksWise uh, posted last night is the biggest. Uh, they were plus 460 on the money line. That is the biggest money line upset that's happened since like 2008 or 2006 or something like that. So uh, the fact that Arizona managed to win in a shootout, uh, uh, Mr. Ward said, uh, I'm not blaming Nate, but I'm not not blaming Nate. That's what he said in his tweet this morning. Uh, So let's see if we can get back at it. This is the final day, by the way, before the NHL All-Star break. Um, So there's just a handful of games on the schedule. There's five. And I'll be honest, I think that's some of what happened to the Avs last night. They knew they were about to have eight days off and they weren't. I don't think the Avs were really into that game last night. So making a pick tonight makes me a little bit nervous. But with that in mind, let's look at Edmonton and Washington. Speaking of those caps that you just referenced, uh, they will be hosting the Oilers. Going to focus on the total with this one, which sits at six. Take the over here. Um, Both teams a little shaky in goaltending, but both teams more than capable of scoring. Uh, And so I'm going to roll with the over here. Uh, If you look at these two teams, their trends over the last five or six games have actually been to hit the under. But I think, again, you've got this final game before you go into the all-star break. Um, and, and I think that you're going to see uh, a little more peppering of the net than we've seen out of these two teams before. It's a little bit of a TYG special, a trust your gut, but I'm going to take the over in the nation's capital as the Oilers and Caps battle. Snap out of that cold spell, buddy. I feel a heater coming on. Number four. All right, marching on. Let's go to the NBA. Uh, no LeBron James uh, in uniform tonight for the Los Angeles Lakers. Going to miss uh, at least uh, tonight's game against the Portland Trail Blazers uh, and maybe some additional action beyond. But let's zero in on the Blazers. And I'm going to go with the under on Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, 28 and a half points 
combined with rebounds at minus 115 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, now, the last time he faced the Lakers, uh, he put up 32 in total. So he was over this number back on November 6th, but that was a game in which Anthony Davis got injured. He only played seven minutes. And then Nurkic uh, shell-shocked with the you know, Lakers' mindset being that, uh, took advantage as a result. He has been under 28.5 combined points and rebounds in three of his last four. Uh, the Lakers, however, have got up the ninth highest defensive rebounding percentage over the last three games with AD on the court. Still with LeBron out. Uh, I think, you know, Russell Westbrook's got to mess around. Hell, he may get a triple-double in this game, which he did the last time out. Thanks to Trailblazers. Uh, no odds on that yet, but keep your eyes peeled on Westbrook to triple-double. But for the sake of this exercise, uh, I think the wings of the Blazers are going to do more damage in the box score. Y- you know, he may get like 15 rebounds or something along that line here in Lundy, but I think it's the points ultimately that suppresses the overall total and keeps it under this 28 and a half. So fade or follow, Yusuf Nurkic under 28.5 points plus rebounds, minus 115 at DraftKings. I think this one's going to be close, Brad, but I think it's because of what you just brought up. I think he's going to wind up doing pretty well with rebounds. He averages 10.7 on the season, but this is this to me feels like a baker's dozen plus um, on the board. So we need to hope that the the trend in terms of the scoring does stay out on the wings uh, in this particular contest for them because uh, if he does get to, like I said, if he gets to, say, 13, 14 boards, you're talking about a guy that averages 14 and a half points a game. So we're going to push right up against this 28 and a half. So if the scoring stays to the outside and basically all he's doing is cleaning the glass, which I think um, I, I think that jives with what I would expect this uh, game flow to be between these two teams down in L.A. Uh, I'll follow you, but I, this may be the bet sweats, my brother. Ooh, time to add a little extra layer of Old Spice because we're going to be pitting out on this under with Nurkic. Number three. All right, let's go to the world of college basketball. At Lundy, man, I am riding a serious <laughs> heater. Yes, I- you are, my friend, and people oh, are loving God. you on social media. Hey, by the way, on my television show last night, you yep. bet tonight, this guy was a perfect 4-0 and yeah. in my college basketball picks. And, Brad, I was smart enough before I left the studio to parlay all four of them together. Oh. Cha-ching! Yeah, that's a smart man. Uh, I don't do the parlays of all of my wagers. I should have done it last night because I hit eight straight. Eight you're, straight. The heater you're on, you need to at least parlay a couple of them <laughs> together, my man. No, Get that's, yourself that, a bankroll. As soon as I do that, the fire extinguisher is going to come out and the heater is going to die. That's going to be it. Uh, it's going to be a wrap. So I'm going to stay the course, stick to the strategy. You know, this is a long view play. We're not trying to get rich oh, quick here. Oh, I'm I'm pulling out your team reasons. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, we're getting blasted by a snowstorm outside, and it's supposed to be uh, below zero for low temperatures here in about 24 hours. So I'm already shriveling up. Yeah, you're shrilling. All right. I don't want to mess with your heater. You do you, my brother. What do we got tonight? NC State. Oh, the Wolf Pack, baby. Take it on Syracuse. I'm going to take the over on 76.5. Team total points in this one. Minus 110 at DraftKings. You might say to yourself, wow, 76.5 against the zone? Well, the zone has been punctured early and often by the opposition this season to the tune of uh, the Orange giving up 1.078 points per possession in ACC action. That's number 12 in the league on the year. Syracuse number 228 nationally in adjusted offensive efficiency. So uh, D really on both sides of this game is going to be a premium. Uh, the Wolfpack, they love to play at a fast 
pace. Uh, they get a ton of quick points on breakaways. In fact, uh, number 35 in the country, Corona Hasla Metrics, and those breakaway points. Um, and, you know, they're shooting well from outside as well at 36.5% as NC State uh, from distance in ACC plays. So, Sebron, uh, who has been absolutely a monster in all facets offensively for this NC State club. I think him and his uh, him and his compadres are, are going to going to be piled up the points here with ease. So uh, NC State squeezes the living daylights out of the orange, uh, and what will be a pulp-free performance. I think they hit at least eighty points tonight. So again, give me the over seventy-six and a half on the team total minus one ten at DraftKings. Fade or follow. Well, they've done it three out of their last six uh, that they've hit this total, but one of those was against Pitt, and they just did it. Speaking of Pitt and out, 77 was their total in that one. Mm. I'm going to follow because of the heater you're on, dude. I'm going to keep tailing what you've got uh, until it cools off, just like I've been telling everybody to do the exact opposite of whatever I say in hockey. Uh, You need to be doing the exact tail of whatever Brad's doing because right now it is working and it is working well so uh, I think Syracuse can get up over this total uh, because of the fact that Syracuse has shown some vulnerabilities so let's uh, let's continue to warm up as the nation is freezing its butt off right now in this storm <laughs> oh let the sizzle continue stick around for my top picks in the world of college basketball plus Bonus time in the NBA, NHL, and of course, more NCAA basketball. Number two. All right, Luddy, let's go to the Atlantic 10. And I love home dogs in tight matchups uh, and in a tight conference race. And that's sort of the case for the George Mason Patriots hosting the St. Louis Billikens, who is always the subject of your nightmares, Luddy, as you and I have discussed before on this podcast. Uh, And I'm going to stiff arm the old Billies into oblivion here. And I'm going to take Mason plus two uh, at DraftKings. And honestly, if you want to take the money line at plus 105, I don't hate it. I think they're going to win this game straight up. Kim English's club, number one in the Atlantic 10 in effective field goal percentage offense. Uh, They're shooting 37.3% from three, 59.5% inside the arc. Now, they're going to have to wax the glass in this game if they would emerge victorious. So, Aduro and Gaines, we're going to have to get after it and seal off uh, those second-chance opportunities for St. Louis, which are getting at a 35.3% clip in league play. So, uh, Deshaun Schwartz, the transfer from Colorado. Cooper, those guys rain from outside. Aduro and Gaines clean up inside. And I think Mason wins this thing in the final waning moments uh, straight up. But I'm going to take him here on the plus two against St. Louis, minus 110 at DraftKings. Fader, follow. I will follow, good sir. We've got a team uh, that is and 7-2 against the spread in their last nine <laughs> contests. Yeah. So you got to feel pretty good about George Mason there. And, and I'm actually kind of with you. I, you know, I looked at this with a couple of the games that I was debating on, uh, you know, on wagering last night and even looking at some of the schedule tonight. Uh, I, I'm almost to the point, Brad, I know that sometimes we get these tight contests. Like, uh, uh, for example, George Mason beat, uh, you know, Dayton by one, right? 50-49. Yep. to 49. Yep. Um, You know, we get some tight contests 
in conference play. But at this point, at a plus two, I'm kind of with you that I might even just forego that and go with the plus odds on the money line uh, in this particular one and go for a little bit more uh, of the payday. Because if you think Mason's going to do that, I, I really think they've got the shot to just win it outright and might as well take the plus. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, right there in the thick of things in the Atlantic 10 are the Patriots standing at four and one. Uh, remember, they had, I think they had a COVID pause, so they've only played five games. Uh, Davidson's played nine, so that's the team that they're chasing, but they are evened up in the loss column. So huge implications for George Mason tonight, and I believe they score the victory there in Fairfax, Virginia. Number one. All right, let's move on to my top play in the world of college basketball, and I love the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, The computer analytics just have not caught up to what this team has delivered on the floor. And I'm going to lay the chalk here. The line opened at five. I loved it then against Notre Dame. Uh, They're in South Florida. Uh, And it's down to four and a half. So you're getting a a Captain Hook value. (laughs) me mateys here against an Irish team that was not really all that competitive uh, against Duke at home last time out earlier this week. Now, Miami, the most efficient team offensively in the ACC, netting 1.150 points per possession. They're shooting 41.3% from way downtown, 52.3% inside the arc, and they're slamming the door on the competition, drilling a lot of freebies at a 76.2% clip. Again, in ACC play, uh, Notre Dame, number nine in adjusted defensive efficiency in the ACC, so they're middling in that category. Miami uh, really set the pace right now, eight and two in conference action. So, uh, Wardenburg and McGusty and, again, Charlie Moore, uh, who has been in college uh, since the days of Animal House. Uh, he's, he's been there for like 50 years, uh, dead serious. The guy's been around forever. Uh, him and Jalen Coleman lands, uh, who's now with Kansas, who originally committed to Illinois back in 2014. These guys are still in college basketball. It's madness. But uh, anyway, uh, in the end here, I think Miami wins this thing by 7-plus against, uh, on paper at least, and, and really visually too, an inferior Notre Dame team. So fade or follow the Canes blowing through the Irish minus four and a half minus 110 at FanDuel. Uh, I like this one. I, I, again, I'm going to tell you in part because you're on fire, but also, I mean, you're looking at a, a, a at a Miami team that has um, won four straight on the road. I mean, they beat yeah. Duke. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, about a month ago, they beat Duke, uh, you know, on the road. They then went um, and, and they won against the spread. They lost to Florida State, but they only lost by one. So they covered Florida the Florida State was just a bad match because of their size. And that's yeah. why they lost to him twice. But then you go to uh, this past weekend and you're talking back to back wins against the Techs, against Vatech and against Georgia Tech. So uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think this Miami team is not getting enough uh, uh, enough love. And the fact that the spread has come down um, since you first saw it at five, the fact that you're now getting it at the four and a half, you're getting the hook in your favor. Um, you know, I tell you, you know, folks, if you're a little bit nervous, maybe you want to alt line it uh, or maybe just take them straight on the money line. But I, I think they can I think they can cover this. Like I said, five and one in their last six against the spread. Yeah, they've been amazing this season. Uh, keep tailing them. Uh, and one of these days, the computer's going to wake up and start showing this team some respect. And with that, Lundy, on this Wednesday edition, it's bonus time. What else you got on the docket? 
Uh, I got a couple for you, including uh, including one that we're just going to do a look ahead. Now, first of all, I, I'm going to say this again, whether this is for our buddy Mr. Ward on Twitter or for the rest of you. Tonight may be a little weird on the ice because it is the final game before the break, and I am concerned that we've got some teams, kind of like what I saw last night out of the Avalanche against the Coyotes, that have uh, the hockey equivalent of senioritis right now, uh, and they're just they're just ready to get to their uh, to their All Star pause. But that said, I do like the Islanders at home against the uh, Seattle Kraken. If you can find uh, some of these teams that are trying to jockey for a little bit of positioning, um, you know, I, I can feel pretty good about them going into tonight, and I think the Islanders could wind up being one of those squads. So I'm going to take the Islanders on the money line uh, at home against Seattle. Uh, I'm really intrigued by the matchup between uh, the Minnesota Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm leaning to the Wild in this one on the road, um, but this is one I, I may want to look at it a little bit. So just follow me on Twitter, at Nate Lundy. I'll throw the picks out for you uh, later tonight as we get into uh, uh, getting ready for the TV show. And then props that have not populated yet, mm. Brad, that I'm mm. going to be keeping an eye on. Um, the Nuggets looked like hot garbage last night against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, and they now have to turn around and do a back-to-back in Salt Lake City against Utah. Um, Utah has beaten Denver four times in a row. However, there's no Gobert tonight. He's one of the few guys that can match up and occasionally give uh, Nikola Jokic uh, a little bit of a problem. But there's two props I'm going to watch for uh, player prop-wise. I want to see what happens with uh, Will Barton and with Aaron Gordon uh, for the Nuggets tonight in Salt Lake City. The reason why is both of them played awful last night in Minnesota. Uh, Will Barton played 27 minutes. He only had 13 points. He was a minus eight on his net. Aaron Gordon played 25 minutes, only scored seven points um, in that one and had a negative five rating overall uh, in the contest. So those two guys I would expect to bounce back. And part of the reason why, in three games this season against the Jazz, both of them are averaging 19 points. So I want to see what their points prop comes out to tonight on this second night of a back-to-back for the Nuggets because I do expect them to play better uh, in Utah than they did last night against Minnesota. And remember, uh, if I remember right, I don't have the standings right in front of me, but I think the Nuggets are only a game back Mm. of Utah in the division standings right now. They've lost four in a row to the Jazz. I think they want to try to get it done here on the road on this back-to-back. But Gordon and Barton are going to be a big part of it, and they both play well against the Jazz. So I want to see their props when they come up later today. Love it. All right, let's get some parlay action in in college basketball. And I'm going to start with a three-legger here. Give me Purdue on the money line at Minnesota. You have the number one offense in the country in in terms of points per possession scored. And the Boilers are shooting over 41% along the perimeter, going up against the worst defensive team of the Big Ten. Dead last in points per possession allowed. That's the Golden Gophers. So Purdue's going to win straight up. That's the first leg. Second leg, VCU, uh, one of the more underrated teams in the country. I think they're going to handle business at home against visiting Dayton. Uh, VCU number two in adjusted offensive efficiency nationally, giving up just 0.85 points per possession. And then we're going to bring the line down on an alt line with Xavier. Have that sit at minus six and a half. They're hosting the Butler Bulldogs, uh, who have not earned their milk bones this season. And Xavier crushed Butler earlier this year by 15, uh, netting 1.36 points per possession in that game. And I think they're going to have a huge advantage inside as well. So all three of those legs hit. Purdue money line, VCU money line, Xavier minus six and a half. That's plus 149 at DraftKings elsewhere. 
lay the chalk with Wake Forest minus 12 and a half against the Pittsburgh Panthers, who are very clawless in every facet of the game. Wake has been trouncing fools at home in ACC play, winning by an average margin of 19.3 points per game. They're number two in the ACC in adjusted offensive efficiency, and they can really score the rock inside, shooting 62.2%. Uh, in the paint against the opposition in Pittsburgh. Turnover problems, uh, woeful offensively. Aldonis Williams, uh, Jake La Ravia uh, will pound the rock inside, and Wake will get the cover and probably win this thing maybe by 20 or more points. Uh, also, I like Kansas State, minus two at home against Oklahoma State. Uh, might be first to 55 wins that game, but I think they will uh, take care of business and slam the door uh, with their three-point shooting as K-State netting 34.2% from outside. And then let's do another uh, little alt-line parlay here. Uh, if you don't like the Wake Forest line, as I mentioned, uh, on the 12-and-a-half, which I do, and you want to reduce it, you can take it down to 8-and-a-half. And then match it with Marquette who is in a rematch position here against Villanova. Remember, they went into Philly, and they knocked off the Wildcats 57-54 earlier this month. It's a great matchup uh, for Shaka Smart and company because Nova's not a big team. They don't have a formidable front line, and as a result, uh, Marquette can slash the cup. Uh, they can get uh, that ball action and move the ball around the perimeter, which you know they're draining a ton of threes at a 39% clip. Uh, they're leading the Big East and assist to field goals made. This game's going to be close, and this game being played in Milwaukee. So Marquette plus eight, Wake minus eight and a half. Uh, those combined plus 113 at DraftKings Sports. We're going to throw one more NBA player prop out at you. Jason Tatum over 12 and a half combined rebounds and assists against the Hornets. Uh, he is split right down the middle, went over in one earlier matchup this season against Charlotte, went under in another, but he's been over this in four of his last six games in the month of January, average combined 12.8 uh, assists and rebounds per game. And we know how dreadful Charlotte is defensively. They've allowed the second most opponent rebounds per game and third most assists per game as well. And a game that is going to be up and down. Uh, take your breath away. So have, make sure you're tethered to an oxygen tank. I think Jason Tatum has a stupid good game tonight under the primetime lights. And there you have it. That is a wrap on this edition of the Feed the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review. If you do not mind, it helps out our program tremendously. And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the Noise.